So, in the uh, first group that was here this morning, that was, uh, they did pretty good. They got pretty loose. I'm expecting y'all to get even more loose because y'all slept in. So, <laughs> you're ready to go. So, here's my, my dilemma I was telling them this morning is this. Have you ever had people that didn't want to go with you where you wanted to go? Never happened? Like for me, I've told you my dilemma. It's very simple, people. I don't know why my family's in sin. I'm not. I don't know why they stay in sin. I'm not. I want to go to Golden Corral. And they act like it's trashy. I don't know. Bourbon Street Chicken is next to Jesus Christ. I know what I'm talking about. And so all I can say is, for me, it has been amazing to watch my family who initially would go with me as they've gotten older and they figured out that maybe the stuff on the plate was not clean from before. That's part of the adventure, people. <laughs> part of the adventure. So they don't go. And so today, we want to look, as we've journeyed with the Lord, we want to look at what it's like when people that start with us don't stay with us. Come on now, that was pretty good. I'm going to tell you why. Because here's what happened. Y'all heard it before, I'm going to tell you. When I was 18 years old, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in Virginia Beach. Any Virginia? Yes! There was two in the first. That makes four of us. Oh. So we start out in Virginia, 18 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. There was a guy that was there beside me. I, was, uh, I had visited a prison. I wasn't in prison. Just make that, make that known. <laughs> Visiting prison. Came back. There was a, uh, a young man, his name was Todd. Todd was, uh, grew up with me in the youth group, but Todd had um, some challenges <coughs> mentally. And I watched the Holy Spirit breaking him, and I watched this guy give his life to Jesus, and I was wrecked by it. I saw an inmate with more peace in Jesus than I ever had. And so I turned around, and I said, God, I said, if you can save them, you can save me. And at that moment in my life, at 18 years old, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and was never the same. Like, right there, wide is the gate to destruction. Come on, somebody. Like, there's a lot of people going in that direction. But narrow, am I talking? Narrow is, narrow is the path that leads to Christ. And so what happened was, I was all excited. This Bible that meant absolutely nothing to me that I was sitting in worship and I was like, I could, I could care less about it. All of a sudden, I couldn't wait. I was sitting on the front row like y'all and I was all up in it. Like I was just right there, up in it, ready to go. This is what I noticed. Those who started with me didn't stay with me. Huh. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Those people that were my friends, when my heart was changed, they didn't want to go with me where I was going to go with Christ. And then all of a sudden, God began to work in my life. God began to, I wanted more of Jesus than I ever did. So I was sitting, listen, you got to understand something. I grew up in a church where if somebody said amen, that was the most ungodly. I'm talking, you went from ungodly to trashy in the same voice. If the candles up front were lit, the Holy Spirit wasn't showing up. I wondered if he did show up. Something like that. Was a host. I'm just playing around. But my point is, is that I got sit on the front row, and I remember I was in college, and I had this mohawk, and, and my hair was dyed blonde, and it was braided in the back, and I had a motorcycle. I was beautiful. <laughs> if H&M existed back then, I would be a busted can of biscuits. Muffin top, muffin bottom. You get a visual. But I remember bringing one of my linemen with me, and I sat on the front row. And, I mean, I just looked like, oh, I looked awful. And, and he came with me, and he had nothing. He was from eastern North Carolina. His dad pulp wood. I mean, he was, he was one of the most poor people I'd ever seen. He worked third shift. He worked third shift at Hardee's. Hardee's. He would go to school, go to practice, try to get some rest, study when he could, would work third shift at Hardee's. He was the most, Graylin Jordan was his name, one of the most naturally strong guys I have ever seen in my life. And I, I mean, he saw something different in me. So he would go to worship with me. Listen, those who start with you don't stay with you. And so what happened was my heart began to get more on fire, more on fire. Then one day, here's why I'm saying, is I don't want you to think that you're sitting out there, that okay, I'm sitting here, can God touch me? Listen, 
God touched me when I was sitting in your seat. And so when the pastor resigned, it was as if I didn't hear any audible voice, but I knew that was what I was supposed to do. And I looked at my wife. She was standing in the back. And I looked at her with eyes wide. She was going, and I was going, yeah. And Jesus won. And so what happened? So I began to walk more with the Lord. The next thing you know, I walk away from coaching. And those who started with me didn't stay with me. In the path with the Lord, it looks like this. Forgive me for walking as much as I get excited. Right? We begin to walk with Christ, and it starts wide. But then as we walk more and more and more, our path becomes more clear and more clear and more clear in the Lord. Right? Because we walk by faith and not by. So it becomes, that word is a lamp unto my, and a light unto my. So it gets clearer and clearer. And I noticed that everybody that was around me, I began to start flying more solo. Because those who start with you won't stay with you. But then what's interesting when I got into the path of the Lord and I walked into the presence of the Lord and I, my path got so narrow, I was crying, going to seminary, just crying. And my twin sister, I get, we didn't have cell phones, people. And so I, I, call, I call my sister and she said, John, you need to toughen up. God's called you, now go do it. I said, don't bring that lawyer on me. But she said, yeah, God's called you. This boy, she went to law school. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And I, mean, I felt so lonely. But juxtaposed to my loneliness, I've never felt so full in Jesus. And then what happened, I come into this world and I get to meet all y'all and my, my life became even more rich and more full. But I want to tell you, when you follow Jesus, those who start with you, right? Those who walk with Jesus a while, they won't stay with you. And it's okay because we got one who will never leave us. And we got one who will never forsake us. And what a beautiful name the name of Jesus is. Can I get a witness? God is good. And so what's going to happen is you walk with the Lord. God is trying to press something into you. He is trying to share with you. So the whole point I want to say today is this. As we look forward, we have, we have now baptized ourselves into the life of Abraham. I hope that you are living your life just like Abraham. All the way, I told you, till Passion Week, April 16th. We are living the life of Abraham. And, I, and listen, it's going to live out. When you follow Jesus, your world goes from big to narrow, back to big. There's always going to be a desert. There was always going to be a time of testing. Always. It happened to Jesus. It will happen to us. And our world sometimes gets there. And we wonder why relationships and jobs and everything else. We wonder why people can't think like us, see like us, talk like us. The reason why is some people aren't looking to Jesus. And we fix our eyes on him. So we walk with him. And here's what Abraham did. So Abraham was walking with Jesus. We're walking with the Lord. And so what happens is God tells him to go to the land. He goes to the land. He walks around the land. He, he encounters the Lord. He builds an altar at a place. And then famine hit, right? Remember that? Last week, there will be a famine. When God calls you to places, it will seem like it's falling apart. But I just want you to know something today. That just because you don't see God's unseen hand doesn't mean he doesn't have a hand. And that it's not at work. I'm going to prove it to you today. The Holy Spirit will. And I'm going to tell you what else is going to happen. So what happens is he goes there, a famine hits. He never asked the Lord. He didn't ask God. You know what he did? He just immediately went to Egypt. He immediately ran to the place where there was abundance because he was, a, he was scared in the place where there's scarcity. But God never told him to go to Egypt. But he went anyway. He took Lot, his nephew. Lot was uh, the son of his brother Haran who had died. We talked about that. And so Lot goes with him. They go to Egypt. He lies in Egypt. He says, this is not my wife. She is my what? Think about this. His wife loved him so much that she was willing to put. Their marriage would have been over. She would have slept with Pharaoh. She would have slept with somebody else. It would have destroyed their marriage. He was willing to sacrifice all that because he was afraid of famine. But there's got to be somebody bigger than a famine. So he goes down there, but God, guess what, still blesses him. And I told the first, listen, I want to tell you something. You might be struggling whether or not people can lose their, uh, their salvation. I just want to say something. The more I look at the word of God, the more I realize you can't. Because even when he disobeyed God and went to a place of famine, God still blessed him. I'm getting ready to show you. 
The Bible's going to tell you. The Bible's going to show you. He came out with massive silver and gold in abundance. He came out even in a place where he disobeyed. God was still faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13. When I'm faithless, he is faithful. For God cannot deny himself. So what happens at that point, then he goes back into the land. Genesis 13. They go back into the land. He goes back to the place where he had an altar built. And Lot's like, we can't stay. People are quarreling. My people are quarreling with your people. Why didn't Abraham go? Hey, yo, Lot, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have anything. I'm the one that's blessed, Genesis 12. I'm the one that God made the promise with. You just a tag along. You came with me. You're blessed because I'm blessed. And now you're going to argue with me over your stuff? The only reason you got your stuff. He could have said that, but he didn't. And I want us to learn today. And kind of when you walk with the Lord, here's what's going to happen. You and I are going to have to let people go. Mm, maybe you don't know what I'm saying. Some past hurts, some past pains. Listen, we think about it, and that pain is still there. And God is calling us today to a place to let it go. It might be tough, but our Savior is tougher. And he's more victorious than any pain that anyone could bring us because his presence is sweeter. And that's why Hebrews 11 stands true. We look forward. We are looking forward to the foundation, that city whose architect and builder is God. We are looking forward. We are embracing the calling of God. So Genesis chapter uh, 13, like I told the uh, first group this morning, we had a great crowd, by the way. It's easy to get there. Just open up your Bible. Genesis, I'm just saying, it's easy to get there. Genesis 13. All right, y'all need to eat some more donuts or something. I got to get some life out of y'all today. We're at Summit. Listen, pinto beans and cornbread. We can talk back, people. We're not that spiritual. Let's go. Woo! Do you smell what the Spirit's cooking? I'm just saying. Verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 1. This is so good. So Abram, we haven't even got to the place where his name's going to change. Guess what? <laughs> That's coming for us. God's going to put something in us. We ain't going to never be the same. People are going to look at you and call you something. Well, I'm getting ahead. So Abram went up. I'm telling you, Marcus, it's coming. Woo! So Abram went up from Egypt to the Najib with his wife and everything he had. And notice what the Bible says. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. Verse 2. Abraham, oh, was very what, saints? This is after he left Egypt. God never told him to go. Just because it was a place of famine. But he had to go. So he left, but God blessed him. Now, Abraham was very rich in what? In silver and in what? Oh, so Lot's like building off of this. Verse 3. From the Najib, he went from a place, from place to place, until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, that is in Genesis 12, before he left with the famine, and where he had first built what? There Abram called on the name of the Lord. I'll say it again. When you don't know what to do, do the last thing God told you to do. Go back to your altar. You said, but John, that doesn't match what you said two weeks ago when we're looking forward. Just because you don't know, you can't, just because you don't know where to go, don't stay in what you know. Oh, let me just clarify. What I mean by that is when, when God calls us, you're not going to know the full extent of what you're stepping into. All you're going to know is he says go. And just because you don't know doesn't mean you stay in what you know. But if God, you're not sure what to do, if you haven't heard a word from God, do the last thing he told you to do and go back to that altar. That's what I do. I go back to the altar where God spoke to me in Psalm 71, 18. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Your might. Declare your power. Not just your word, but your power to the next generation. Oh, this is going to be good. The Lord just gave me some more stuff. Oh, my word. I just can't keep up with the Spirit sometimes. It just talks so fast. All right, so. Then he goes in verse 5. Now, Lot who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great, they were not able to stay together. Just remember now, Lot had, because Abram was blessed. 
and quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. Canaanites, the Perizzites, were also living in the land at that time. I can't imagine the land had just come off a famine. Was it because there was a famine and there wasn't enough water? Is that, is that why the land wasn't able to support them? Plus, there was also other people in the land. Oh, by the way, when God calls you to a place, there's going to be people there who think it's their place, but it's not theirs. Huh, that's a whole other sermon. Don't you let them run you out. Don't you let uncalled people run you out of God's calling. Don't you hate the profession because of the people. Verse 8, so Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me. Notice it got real personal. Or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord. And then the Bible says something crazy to me. Like the land of what? Woo! Egypt was a source of temptation, not a place of promise. All sin can be boiled down in 1 John 2, 16. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Be careful what you see, because what you see isn't always a place where you're called to go. Oh, don't y'all feel the spirit? No place like home. Okay, never mind. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Another great passage. Let me just pause. The readers, the readers are going, wait. Lot chose that land? That land is dry, desert, hot. And the Bible says, no, it was before God destroyed the land. Before God destroyed the land. Before Solomon, Solomon Gomorrah was gorgeous. But don't you know, when wicked people enter into something gorgeous, they mess it up. You get somebody, look, you get somebody wicked in a relationship with somebody who's beautiful, the next thing you know, that beautiful starts to look real bad. That beautiful job around wicked people starts to look real bad. That's why Romans 8, the sons of God are being, listen, listen, the world is longing for the people of God to stand up. That's why God is calling you to stand up, right? I told him first, y'all know what California wants to do? Talk to me. They want us to see. I say, sing Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. That was beautiful, wasn't it? I'm sitting at your wedding. My point being is that the enemy wants to divide, but God's people are being called to stand up. God is calling us to stand in positions. You're a leader. Go lead. I tell my kids all the time, you're leaders, not followers. I tell them since they're little. When they're little, before they can even talk, they just look at me like this. They didn't even understand words. I said, you're a leader, not a follower. Go lead. You're a leader, not a follower. Go lead. And I keep trying to sow into them and sow into them and sow into them. So when the enemy speaks, all they hear is Jesus. And I say that to some because y'all are wild. That's why I love you. God's presence is not built on the amount of people that show up. God's presence isn't built on the amount of people who let him in. Oh, you might say, well, John, there's churches with thousands. You're right, and I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit isn't there. But I'll tell you this, when Jesus was crucified, wasn't nobody else there. His mom and some little wimp, John. Oh, they ah, this is scary. Jesus is like, it has to be this way. Just keep reading. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east, the two-parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan. While Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. When you take your blessings, Lot had money, silver, gold, and livestock. And without the call of God, and you just want to go to a place where people are sinning greatly, might I remind you, Lot and his two daughters were the only ones who got out. He left broke and without his wife. You say his wife left with him. Yeah, but she ended up like Saul. He had a lot when he parted from Abraham, 
But when you leave the place of blessing, you walk in the place of cursing. That's a real good word. So let's pray. Lord, I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but it demonstrates your spirit power. Now, Lord, I want people to feel Jesus. I want your Holy Spirit to be seen. You know my heart. I got nothing. I'm a man who just wants to know Jesus, who wants to be as close to you as I can. I'm a mess, but you make a message out of that. And so I ask you today, Lord, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, people will leave us. How do we respond? How do we respond to the people that try to break our heart? How do we respond when things happen and change? How do we respond? Let us learn from the Spirit of God in the man of God called Abraham. So we call upon you today. Lord, thank you for forgiving us. I pray Luke eleven thirteen. I pray it all the time, Lord. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Anoint us. Make your presence known greatly. Change us. Set us free from the desires of the world so that there's nothing in this world that compares to the coming of Jesus Christ. Not our kids, not our grandkids, not our jobs, not our, our, our careers, not our education. Nothing compares to the presence of Jesus. That is my prayer today. So Lord, so that your power will be seen, so that people will not rest on wise and persuasive words, but on a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Because that's what you do. And all God's people say what? Amen. All right, so here's the point. It's all on Summit Church. So if you want to write it down, you want to spend time, it's on Summit Church Facebook. Here it is. Looking forward means those who go with us, those who start with us, might not stay with us. There's some people in this room that have gone through separation and divorce. There are people in this room who have changed jobs. There are people in this room that you've started with somebody and they've left you. There's people that just couldn't go with you. And you know in your heart God was saying go this way and they wanted to go. And listen, separation happens. And all I'm saying to you is, is the road to Jesus does not mean you're going to be lonely. The road to Jesus means you're going to be fulfilled. But before God gives you somebody, he's got to give you himself. That's the way it is. That's God's kingdom, right? That's, that's theonomics. Theos, God, economy, theonomics. It's God's economy. It's God's kingdom. He's, we got to be filled with him so there's nobody else that can get in here and convolute him with something else because God doesn't speak schizophrenic. God speaks in one voice. I know, look, I know everybody in this room wants people to walk with you wherever you go, right? Remember what people say at weddings? Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people until I go to the reunion. And your God, my God. And when you die, well, you die. And I'm going to move on. <laughs> no, it's Ruth. Ruth won. I just quoted some of that. Kind of added my stuff. But Ruth said, Ruth, remember? She was non-Jew. And she was with her mother-in-law mother and her husband had died. And she said, I love you so much. This is the longing of our heart. We want a relationship like this. We want a spouse like this. We want best friends like this. We want a boss like this. We want a career like this. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Next verse. Where you die, I will die. And they'll be buried. People say it all the time at wedding. All the time. May the Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts me from I love that passage. That's what our hearts long for. That's what our hearts long for. She was determined to go. She was determined to go with her. She was absolutely there. It says in verse 18, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined, that means that she was courageous. We are longing for somebody to step into the land of courageous with us. Because where God calls you, guess what? You have to be courageous. Because God's going to get you to the place where it's only you and him. Before he ever gives you, you and them. Always. And our courage has to rest in Christ before it has to rest in the arms of another man. Or the arms of a woman. 
or the arms of a job or the finances in our bank. We can't be courage on what man gives. God wants us to be courageous on what he gives. That's God's economy, and we can't change it. So here's what happens. So why do people who go with us not stay with us? I want to give us two reasons in this passage. You ready? I think this is pretty good. Uh, no, I think it's real good. What happens? The reason why, reason number one is this. Walking with Jesus is a movement. Walking with Jesus is a, move, a movement. Go back to Genesis 13, verse 5. Walking with Jesus is a movement. Listen, our lane... God called us to a new lane when we surrender our life to him and we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He'll put the joy that before him enjoy the cross, despising his shame. So we fix that. He transformed our minds because he's given us a new heart, right? Because it's easy to say yes to something when our heart and mind lines up. If your heart and mind line up, you take the job. If your heart and mind line up, you say yes to the relationship. If your heart and mind line up, you, you say yes to what you want to do. That's easy. But it... Christianity is a movement. Walking with Jesus is a movement. Look at verse, look at verse 5. Genesis 13, verse 5. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abraham. The word moving there, if you want to circle it, it literally means go. He was going wherever Abram went. The leader, the one who God was speaking, Lot was going. But here comes a point. See, it's always a movement. Uh, John 5, 17. Jesus said this. This is so powerful. He said, in his defense, Jesus said to them, he's talking to the Pharisees. He said, my father is always what? My father is what? Uh, that's a participle. I-N-G. That's me. It's a present participle. It means God is always at work. Though you and I don't see him, though you and I might not feel him, though you and I might be coming from a place of brokenness or whatever else might happen or somebody that you're ministering to is offended, I want to give you biblical truth. Either Jesus is a liar or he is Lord. And either he's at work right now or he's not. And so if you're singing, you're like, I don't understand. Listen, God does. And he's working right now in your heart. So when that girl sees your heart, she will love your heart and not you. Because might I remind you that you, if you live long enough, you going to change. Some people just went, mm -hmm. yeah. Go to your 25th high school reunion. Thank God I didn't marry her. She was hot in high school, but whew, even plastic surgery couldn't help that. Don't you know it? You thought it. I just said it. It slipped out. Thought it. You thought it. You thought it. You go back and go. Man. So what happens, what I'm saying is, in this passage, is that Jesus is at work. Either this is real. It's a, Jesus is a movement. Jesus is working in your defense right now, in your behalf. You might not believe it. He's working in our defense. He's at work right now. But listen, we'll never ex experience his work if we don't press into his presence. That was good. Tweet that. So, 519, one of my favorite verses. It's in the New American Standard. Uh, I love this. Then Jesus said to them, or Jesus answered them. Then he says in the Greek, amen, amen, or or. Verily, truly, or truly, truly, let it be, let it be. The son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does. What saints? Mm -hmm. See, Jesus copycat. He only copied what the father was doing. When you and I are walking with God, right, Mark? When you walk, I mean, we just got to do what he said, what he, Jesus is doing. We just jump into Jesus' work. That's why if people don't have a hot heart for God, they will not stay with us. They will not. That's why I love you. Because you have a hot heart. And you're on the cusp of something great. And inside your body, your spirit's waging war with your flesh. And your war with your flesh with your spirit. And the flesh is going, no, run. Make your life easy. Make your life safe. And, and God's like, no, no, live in tension. Be kind. Be considerate. But put your life on the line so people feel totally uncomfortable. <clears throat> live on the edge. And watch God work. He's working. He's doing it. So the first reason people leave, because following Jesus is a what? Talk to me. Come on, quest. Question for the, for, the, for the quiz. It's a movement. And if we don't move with God, we miss the presence of God. Jesus is, listen, he's not just here. 
It's not just here. He's going to call you to a place of brokenness. And you're going to step in fully, strong in God, and you're going to be around people that F-bomb every day in your face. They're going to use the Lord's name every day in your face. They're going to hate you and despise you, and they're going to be the antithesis of everything that you stand for. And God is saying, stay, and your flesh is going, I don't need this. Inside, I don't need it, but God is going to say, stay. It's a movement. Move around. Move around tents. Walk with me. Move around in these jobs. Walk with me. Walk with me and be a light. Be the Bible that they don't read. Be my presence. Let them feel it. Release the presence of God where you live, work, play, go to school. Just be the presence. Be the presence. Be the presence. It's a movement. People cannot stay with you because it is a movement. And if they're not willing to move, Listen, we can talk about marriages all day long, can't we? It's real simple. Marriage is real simple. It is simple in this, that if you just burn for Jesus, whether the person stays or goes, you're going to be all right. Because I promise you, there's a lot of saints out there that though the, the person who left you might say that you're not attractive and you're not wealthy and you don't have all this, let me tell you, when somebody who loves Jesus sees you, they will burn for the Jesus in you and not what you can do for them. There are enough lots in this world. Lot is greedy. Second reason. Here we go. Second reason is because walking with Jesus requires giving. And Lot did not want to give. People that start with you don't stay with you because it takes giving to walk. Are we not the people who sacrifice? Come on. Are we Christians not the ones who sacrifice the most? How many times do you see people in relationships and jobs? You know you're working with people right now. You give more than they do, but the boss thinks they're giving more because they're a sucker. Tell the truth, shame the devil. You know they're not. Listen, you know, and, and the boss is looking at you like, what you doing? You're like, if you only knew what they said about you. It requires giving. Following Jesus is a place of great sacrifice. We give our lives. For Jesus. And we give up our callings and our dreams because we believe that Jesus' dream for me is more satisfying than my dream for me. Because his presence is with me. And I'd rather have his presence than the fulfillment of my dream. Because one day, every one of us, we're going to be laying on that deathbed. And we're going to be waiting to see Jesus. And if God gives us enough mental recognition to know as we're drowning in our fluid, if we have enough mental recognition to know, will we look back at our life and say, Yes, I can't wait to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because listen, all that God requires is all I got to do is give all that I have to him. I don't have to do all. I just have to give all. That's well done. I don't have to make things right. He makes it right. I just got to be willing to jump into the fire. I just got to be like Shadrach and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, I just be willing to jump in. We might die, we might live, but guess what? Jesus is still Lord. He's going to show it. So it requires giving. Look at verse 6. Oh, this is so good. Only a time. Verse 6. But the land could not support, this is powerful, them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together and quarreling, verse 7. If the land could not support them. Here's what the Lord showed me. You're exactly right. The land could not support them, but love could. What I mean by that is, love gives, lust takes. For God so loved the world that he... If you have a relationship and that person always wants, that ain't love. That's called lust. Call it what it is. Lust is always, you do for me. Love is, I always do for you. And so the land couldn't support him because it was built on possessions. It wasn't built on love. The Bible said clearly that Lot, I mean, here we're going to see that Lot and Abram are going to start, I mean, there's a rub. And again, it even spreads to the people that work for them. So you see what happens here. Listen to this. Look at what it says in verse 6. But the land could not support them. You know what that word Land that could not support them. The word support there. The word support in Hebrew means to lift or carry. Some people look for what you can do for them to carry the relationship more than who you are. Well, if, you know, if I just 
if I had, I just can't, it's just too hard. It's just, I mean, this person's always, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting this and I'm not getting my needs met and I'm not getting this. Listen, if you're looking for other people to lift you up, then you're going to live a long, lonely life. Because all you're doing is you're taking this plug, your life, and you're sticking it into an outlet of another human being. And when you suck them dry like a prune, you go to the next person. And you go to the next person. Then you turn around and blast the people that they didn't give you what you need, though you sucked them dry. Because people can't be for you what Jesus can. The reason why people leave us is because when we're called to follow Jesus, when we call looking forward, we're called to give. And they're not going to be able to give. The land could not spoil them. Left, in other words, it couldn't lift them up. The land couldn't be there. Possessions couldn't be there. And some of you, you know you've been in relationships where the, where the listen, rings and clothes and this and that could not, could not take the place of that burning desire of love that you wanted in your life. When you felt like you looked at that person and your heart just leapt forward. Verse 17. I mean, excuse me, verse 7, Genesis 3. And quarreling arose between Abram's Herders and lots, the Canaanites and Prisites were also living in the land at that time. Look what that word quarreling. Quarreling means strife. Now here's where we gotta break it down. Here's what's gonna happen. The reason why, the reason why this reason is so powerful because of giving. Giving, when people don't love Christ, or you're with people who've walked away from Christ, or whatever that might be, they've gotten carnal, they don't want to give anymore in the relationship. Your boss doesn't want to give anymore. All these other, whatever it might be, just put the context, whatever it is you want to dive into. Here's what happens. It always starts around words. Quarreling literally means this. They had strife in words. In words. In Greek, Jesus says, in the beginning was the, uh, in the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That is the word logos in Greek. That is the word that means Jesus. But there's another word in Greek that's translated rima. Rima is like the word that we speak right here. So here's what happened. The enemy wants to destroy relationships through rima. It wants to destroy relationships through words. That's how he brings strife. That's how he brings quarreling. And they starts, the person that has the struggle wants you to give them more via their words. Let, 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 me, let me break it down for you. Um, this is how the enemy strikes. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. You'll see this up on the screen. Gary, put that up. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, the Bible says. That means us. Verse 2. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the what, saints? In which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the what? That's how the enemy works. He works in the air. Words. He takes your rima and he twists it. Right? Everybody's offended on Facebook. Everybody's offended on Twitter. The only place we're not offended is on Instagram. Praise God for pictures. The eye in the sky don't lie. My, my point is, is that the enemy, what he does is he takes our words and, and people's perception become the reality. People's perception, listen, perception is not reality. The world perceives Jesus is dead. <laughs> he ain't dead. He's coming. He's looking to us to do it. Why? Because the greatest way that we can experience God right now is to do his work within his presence. We get to feel his presence. Other people don't. We got to release it. So what happens? This is how Satan works. He twists our words. So I come home and that says, what's going on? I'm like, oh, don't get me started. She's like, what's wrong with him? Little she know, I might have gotten chewed out today. Then she understands the place I'm coming from, maybe her perception in my, you know, the reality. And so she can understand where I'm coming from. That's how he twists words. John 8, 44. Listen to how the devil, he changes. Listen, it's perception. It's always built on perception. This is so good. You belong to, John 8, 44. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks, he speaks. Look what it says. When he lies, he what, saints? Out of his own character, his native language. For he is a what? And the father of lies. It's always this. You're not pretty enough. 
You're not good enough. There's no way God can help you. What? If God can't help me, then let me tell you something. I need to, sh- I need to back up and, and shut this thing down because God, if God's not bigger than my problem, he ain't God. It's lies. He's a liar. And we have a choice to listen to a lie or listen to the king of kings. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15. Perception, 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 perception. Don't bite into perception. Tell, that's why you memorize scripture. Don't let perception dupe you or me. And no wonder, I love this. Let's go, let's go, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 14 and 15. And no wonder, for Satan himself disguises himself as a what, saints? Come on. Oh, this is so good. For all the parents in the room, they're going like this. Sweet Jesus, keep preaching. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 15. So it's no surprise if his servants, as people that don't follow the Lord, also do what? What's the word? Oh, my word. The keys are you in the back. Bekeza is, a, she has a master. She graduated. I've known Bekeza for, I don't even know how many years now. Bekeza, I love her. By the way, you want somebody to pray for you? Oh, she can pray. And so, and that's her beautiful son who I love. But I'm going to tell you, she works in social service. She works with some of the heinous things you've ever seen in your life. Heinous. Heinous. And she sees people all the time disguising themselves as they can be a good parent, right? Mm-hmm. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. They will end, their end will correspond to, to their deeds. You know how many people are going to come to you if you're single and say, I love Jesus. They have a head knowledge, but they don't have, you could, when you walk with Jesus, it starts here. It doesn't start here. You don't have to, listen, I told Zach Zabrava when he married my daughter. Woo! I told him. Oh, my only girl. That's my only girl. I see you, Zach. You can come on, and you gotta testify to this, Coach Tavel. He was yours. Now you turn him to me. I told Zach. I said, Zach, let me tell you something, bro. You don't have to know what I know about Jesus, but for me to turn my daughter over to you, you better love Jesus like me. Amen. Is that not true? that's all it was I don't expect him to know the the theological training that I have it's not here people are going to come to you and they're going to try and impress you here I was with a student the other day he's a kinesiology major major here he started, I felt like I was in anatomy and phys class all he did was use words that I don't even know, you know how long it's been since I've had biology before he was born. <laughs> he started using words I didn't even know we had names for. There's some parts of the body. But you know what? Great communicators don't show what they know. Great communicators can speak to you at the level that you know. Amen. You don't have to pontificate with wise words. I don't have to, I don't have to come up here and talk in anthropological, oh, I just lost the word, uh, anthropology <laughs> terms and use this, this, these big words. I don't have to come up there. It's just speaking where people are. And so what happens is when people try to impress much, they start here. But people who love Jesus don't try to impress much. They try to love much. They start here. And that's why I told Zach, you don't have to be able, I'm not going to sit here and make you write a dissertation. I'm not going to ask you on your Christology. I'm not going to ask you on your pneumatology. I'm not going to ask you to explain the doctrine of the Trinity. But what I'm going to ask you is, how much do you love Jesus? And your answers mean nothing to me, but your actions speak. Don't let people masquerade. Oh, I love you, but they don't act like it. Cut that zero. Get you a hero. Just say, that's, I told you that's my old rap music. They're playing basketball. Y'all know about Curtis Blow. All right, so. That was good. Some of y'all are just like, oh, why do I even come here? <laughs> so here it is, with crawling. So this is where we're going to land this. So here's where it gets good. So what happens when people come to a place where they're going to leave us? What happens to the pain in our hearts where people have left us? I have a brother. This is going online. Lord, forgive me. Here we are. I have a brother 
that has not spoken to me in over 10 years. He got mad. He hadn't spoken to my mom. Oh, well, my mom's gonna be 88. I don't know how long she's gonna be here. She struggles sometimes. If there's pain in my heart, then there's bitterness in there that I've held on to. But if I release it to the Lord, so what happens? What do we do when quarreling breaks out? What do we? How do we respond? Let's respond just like Abraham. Let's just do it. Listen. Let's let's go to Hebrews 13. Verse 8, so Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. So what happens when people who start with you don't stay with you, people that you trusted, people that you love, when you follow Jesus with a hot heart, only people that have a hot heart can follow with you. What do we do? How do we deal with this? Look what he says. Is not the whole land before you Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. What did he do? He just turned to Jesus. He just did the last thing God had showed him. He said, man, listen, I'm going to stay here. You do what you need to do. Let's let him go. Don't try to save the relationship. Let Jesus do it. Because if, there, if listen, if God wants it to happen, that relationship will happen. I see too many right now, I'm going to be honest with you, I just see too many uh, young adults in this world trying to make relationships happen that I wonder if God ever created. Because it's a trail of tears more than it is the power of his presence. So just think about it. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in the words. Don't get caught up in the words. The Lord showed me. Don't get caught up in man's words. Get caught up in the promises of God. Stay with the promises of God. Just turn to Jesus at that moment. If that person has hurt you and you can't understand why they won't go with you, just turn to the promise. The promise is, God, you will provide all that I need according to your riches and glory. So I don't have to sweat if I'm going to get it. All I got to do is just push in your presence. Just stay in it. The next thing is, we learn from the past. Look, he said there in verse 9, Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Listen, as soon as the famine hit, as soon as trouble hit, Abraham ran. But now he's learned. He's learned. Don't try to do the same thing you did in the past in a relationship. Learn from the past and trust the Lord. Even when the famine and the relationship hits, just trust the Lord. Let's keep going to the next thing. And then this is the last thing. We show humility. We show humility. Look at when verse 9. What did he say? He said, you choose Lot. He could have ripped Lot. Lot. You have because of me. You have because of me. And he, let, and, he, and he just, he let the person, in humility, he let that person decide. So somebody who's in a relationship with you, they say, well, if you're in a relationship with me, you've got to do this, 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 this. You just say, ah, listen, here's what I do. I love you. I'll try and serve you. I'll try and do anything, but I'm going to follow Jesus. And you know what you do? You let them decide. Don't make the decision for him. Stop trying to make the relationship work. Stop. Just let him decide. And if they walk away, it's a dangerous place to walk away from the presence of God and the blessing of God. Lot learns this firsthand. And praise God that Abraham was even willing to intercede for him because he still cared. It was a place of humility. It was a place where he just let this happen. It was so, and then you know what was beautiful about this? Let me show you what happened. This is so beautiful. We're going to land this plane. If y'all want to come up here and y'all can play over me, this is so good. Because we're going to be ready to sing No One Higher. Whew, that's my jam, people. Verse 10, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zor was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. He looked around instead of looking up. Hmm. Hmm. Come on. Don't look around. Well, God, how about her? How about him? How about this? How about that job? Don't look around. Just look up. Listen, if you just say to the Lord, Lord, I need a new job. Get people praying. That's why we have a church family. Get some people praying over you. That's why we're a church family. God, this is what I need. If you bombard heaven, he will change earth. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. 
Those who start with you might not stay with you when we look forward. Abram lived in the land of Canaan. Notice he didn't move. He stayed right where he was. While Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Now God's going to call you to some wicked places. Don't confuse that now. Don't confuse it. But you don't go unless God says go. But look what happened. When his nephew left him, God came to him. Did anybody get that? Oh, this is good. This, this is good. When people leave you, God will show up. God will be for you what nobody else can be. God will be for me what nobody else can be. That is why he is no one higher. That's why there is no one greater. That's why there is no one like our God. When Lot left Abram, here we go in verse 14, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, after he had left him, after he had separated. Some of you in this room have gone through separations of job, gone through separations of divorces, gone through separations of past pain. People have left you. Family members have hurt you. Things have come around you. People have brought pain in your life. But let me tell you something. When they leave, God can show up. And he will. Lift up your eyes. Just lift your eyes to Jesus, right? Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. Let's go to the next verse. This is so powerful. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. Listen, if God is promising that for Abram, what is he promising us? And look what he says. Look how good the blessing is. The next verse. This God, I will make your offspring. He's saying, what Lot can't do for you, I'm going to do for you even more so. You thought you needed Lot, and all you needed was me. Listen, I'm hoping to stir your affections for Jesus to trust him more and more. He's going to call you to a road where you think there's nothing, and on that road will be everything that you need. So that if one could count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. A place of abundance. But how do we get there? How do we get there? Here's where I want to add Philippians 2. This is where we're landing it. Philippians 2. I have so much I wanted to talk about today. Listen, maybe sometime we'll have a chance to go back over this. But I want you to see how Lot was greedy. How Lot in greed said, we can't stay because of provisions. To, to Lot, it was about provision. To Abraham, it was about God's presence. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to ask us today. I feel like the Lord is asking us today, I should say, not me. God is calling us to a place of humility. God is calling us to a place to let the past be the past. Let the pain go to the pain and, and let's push into the presence of the Lord. I always love that word push. Remember that old bracelets people used to wear push? Pray until something happens. I love that. Look to, I mean, excuse me, Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Or have this mind among yourselves. In other words, we've been transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have the mind of Christ. Here we go. Next verse. I love this. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he didn't show up and say, I'm God's son. Get out of the way. Abraham didn't say, I'm the one with the promise lot. If the person wants to leave you, you don't have to say, I, after all I've given you, after all I've done for you, some of you got parents don't even talk to you. Some of you got friends that have left you and don't even care. And by the way, the more you follow Jesus, that's coming. But you know what God did when my lane got real small and I trusted just him? Then he opened it wide and look at all. Look at all. I would have never known y'all. And I just want to say this. Y'all are way better than the people I knew in the past. Y'all have fulfilled my heart. Though I thought it couldn't be filled, it made me realize that the people that, that I thought were my friends were only my friends so I could do something. Verse 7. 
made himself known. The word there is empty himself. So today, I want to ask this as we sing this song, are you willing to empty yourself? I mean, really, just empty yourself of everything. Listen, you're going to be hurt. People are going to walk away from you. But the word of the Lord never fails. Empty ourselves. When we get to a place of emptying ourselves, Lot was in that very lonely place. I mean, excuse me, Abram was in that very lonely place because Lot left him. But God spoke to him. God came to him. Today, what is it that we need to empty ourselves? If you feel led to pray, I want you to come and kneel. If you want to stand there, stand up and sing, whatever it is. Or if you want to kneel, sit, whatever it is you need to do. We have Lord's Supper if you need to take that. Today, empty yourself in front of the Lord and say, Lord, here's the thing. I know that those that start with me might not stay with me. But I know that you will never leave me. And that you're calling us to a place to look forward. So help me to take my eyes off the pain and look at my eyes on your presence. Come on. we got to let it go. We can't superimpose our past on our present and superimpose our past on our future. It is now we empty ourselves. He emptied himself and made himself nothing. And that's what Abram did. Abram said, Abram took the high road. He said, no, I'm not. Wherever you choose, you choose. I'll just go the other way. Because he trusted God instead of trusting in a place. What is it that we need to empty ourselves? Father, I pray today with all my heart if there's someone in this room that doesn't know you maybe they need to empty themselves of themselves of the pride that says I'm going to be okay of the pride that says I'm going to be alright of the pride that says I'm going to do it this way maybe today they need to realize they cannot save themselves they're no match for sin and that Jesus Christ destroyed it and gave us victory and overcame the last enemy death so that we will forever be looking forward to the full presence of Jesus with the Father through the Spirit. Because there's a day coming. We want to empty ourselves of every other desire, Lord. So I pray for someone in this room who's never received Christ like that, who's never died to themselves to receive Jesus, and who's, they've been higher and not Jesus. But today we proclaim there is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. And for the believers in this room, who needs to empty themselves so that Jesus could fill us up? Who needs to empty themselves and say, today, God, whatever's in the past or whatever's going on around me, I empty myself. You've called me to a place where there's a lot of brokenness, where there's a lot of just hurt and pain and craziness or whatever else. But in that place, I know people will leave me, but you will not and I empty myself today of all expectations except the promises of Jesus. And I empty myself in your presence. Who in this room right now just wants to get up, come forward, and just say, God, I empty myself. Right now while I'm praying, just empty ourselves of everything and just ask Jesus to fill us. Just empty it to the Lord. Throw it on the Lord. Put everything on the Lord. Put every pain, put everything that God you struggle with on the Lord. God, I pray that you would make us real today in this room, that this would be such a great moment where you become higher and our problems become less because you're greater and there's no one like Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. And you will never, ever, ever back out on your promises. So we empty ourselves today song we proclaim prophetically that in our weakness you are strong when we are poor in spirit we are rich because you own the cattle on a thousand hills you don't need anything because you have it all who needs to pour out their heart to the Lord today when you come maybe take the Lord's Supper if you want come and kneel let people pray over you stand and proclaim whatever it is but God I'm begging you move in our hearts today so that there was no persuasive words but there was a demonstration of the spirit of power we are yours Jesus hallelujah to your name blessed be the name of the Lord it's time Lord for us to stand up and walk boldly in the calling of the land and though people might separate themselves from us as you move us up help us to understand that God it is your presence and your presence alone is all that we need there's no one 
Try to get through them quick. I know as soon as John started talking about food, y'all got hungry and you're ready to leave. So 